Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be discussing episode 12 of season 2 of Rebels, titled Legends of Lasat. But first, we have a very important announcement this week. Tom, I think you're going to announce it for us because it's really just something so wonderful, I, I don't even know how to describe it. I know, it is completely and totally 100% right up my alley, and I know, Stephen, it's right up yours, too, because this is... The announcement comes from Lego and Lucasfilm that Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens will be coming to a game system near you. It will be launching June 28th of 2016. The game introduces new gameplay mechanics to build, battle, and fly through the galaxy like never before, as well as a new story content that's going to explore the time between Star Wars The Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. This will provide some additional insight about the new movie and its characters. How cool is that? Very cool. Although, I mean, is anyone really? I'm excited. Surprised? I mean, it's damn cool. I think. I am. I am so excited. I, for what I can understand, uh, there are some special edition ones out there that you can get for like PlayStation. I hope Xbox One gets one too, but. You know, we'll see that's going to have a minifig that, that accompanies it. Uh, I think somebody said it's on Amazon already, but pre-order's out there, so I know I'm getting it in June. It's definitely awesome, mm-hmm. although I have to say, is anybody really surprised? You have no. The, you know, they've, they've done this for every other film, and uh, and they have now the most successful film franchise of all time. I mean, it just hit uh, $900 million in the U.S. Woohoo. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely not surprised they're doing a Lego Star Wars video game. But nevertheless, I'm excited. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be great. Well, with the amount of Lego sets that are coming out, it's it, it only is natural they would take this step and bring it back into the Lego game universe. Yep. What's going to be interesting is the additional insight. That, I, that I'm interested in playing and what kind of insight that would be, especially in the Lego form, because you know the Lego thing has a bunch of comedy because that's the best thing about the Lego thing is a little comedy aspect, but what insight will it be? Right. I mean, we'll see. Pablo Hidalgo joked on Twitter that uh, you know every, every tie-in material now is, is claiming to provide answers, but uh, oh. some of it's true, some of it's not. But um, Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you know, we're going to get some kind of answer that that maybe it's a Lego form of a family that Ray is related to. I mean, hey, why yeah. not? Who knows? Yeah. But you know, again, like the Lego Star Wars Lego games have never been about canon. It's always been about no. having fun in that universe. And I'm very excited to to see what they what they come up with. It's always humorous. So mm-hmm. bring it on! I can't wait. Yep. And it's only like six months away, which is fairly uh, fairly soon. Mm-hmm. So not long to wait. Well, my summer's going to go quick, starting June 28th. Yeah. Yeah. But it, was, I, it was nice no, while it lasted. Yeah, well, very true. Yeah, Battlefront is something that we we still have to play, so there there goes some weekend that's, that's at some true. point. That's true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, this week, though, I mean, right now we're, we're here to talk about Star Wars Rebels, and uh, tonight we're, we're reviewing... Episode 12 of Season 2, entitled Legends of the Lasat. It was written by Matt Mikdovitz and directed by Saul Ruiz. Fun fact, this episode was originally going to be titled Legacy of the Lasat, but uh, when the Prisoner of X-10 was renamed to Legacy, that was the you know, the end of the, the last episode of the first half of, half of the season, uh, they, they decided to... You know, they didn't want two episodes with named uh, Legend within... Uh, you know, close proximity to each other. So instead, they renamed it to, leg. Uh, sorry, they re- renamed it to Legends instead of Legacy of Lasat. Uh, Probably so makes fun sense. Fun fact. There. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's a, it was a it was an interesting episode. I mean, uh, the synopsis reads: Thanks to Intel from 
Space Pirate Hondo, the Ghost Crew rescued two Lasat from Imperial Clutches. These survivors believe Zeb is the key to a prophecy that will lead them to a new home for their kind. But Zeb, conflicted and ashamed of his failure, uh, of his failure to save Lasat, has little faith. Now, the synopsis kind of spoils things a bit, but um, you know, I was very, very surprised to see Hondo in this episode. I was not expecting it in the slightest. No, he, he no. wasn't like, in any of the previews, in any of the trailers, and he just shows up out of nowhere. I'm like, whoa, there's Hondo. Now, I love Hondo, so... Mm-hmm. It it was a good episode for him, I thought, especially the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he, really, he really plays both sides of the, you know, uh, of the game, right? He He's helping Ezra, but in order to... Um, in order to you know, to help, or he's trying to help Lasad and Ezra and all this kind of stuff. But in order to do that, he get multiple times he gives the Empire their location, and it's always this back and forth. But then he tries to help mm-hmm. them escape again. So uh, it's a very interesting uh, dynamic, and very, very, very Hondo. Mm-hmm. Well, what like, I was surprised. Yeah. Sorry. What I was surprised when you the mentioning the both sides thing, the first time he's when he tried to play the empire the first time i thought he was going to misdirect him i was surprised that he actually told them where they were going the first time he ran into the stormtroopers so yeah it, yeah no i mean he, he, that's typical that's typical hondo right i mean there there's these and we'll get into this in just a second but there's these refugees who he intentionally has captured by the empire so that he can so that the rebels will rescue them, so that they can, you know, go on their mission. And uh, it's really all Hondo's doing. And he, you know, he gives mm. away their location, and then tells them, "Hey, by the way, the Empire's coming after you." Just seconds before they show up, and then you know, he's constantly going back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth, mm-hmm. and, uh, wheeling and dealing the whole time. And there was that great scene where uh, he's very—he says how proud of Ezra he is. Uh, because he's not, because you know, Ezra refuses to give Hondo a finder's fee and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So uh, Hondo is definitely in. Uh, uh, he's yeah, had some of his best. Mm-hmm. What well, that was a very interesting thing is that Ezra was the one that was really in charge of this mission. I mean, when that was yeah. brought up, I thought to me it was almost a throwaway line. I didn't expect that to be the case until naturally hondo showed up then it makes sense right and it turns out he was ezra's contact actually right yep i like the change in the start of the episode that we didn't get uh, someone sneaking aboard the ghost thank god and yeah and i like that ezra was driving the mission mm. i thought it worked really well yeah um and, and but you know they, they kind of breeze past a lot of that very quickly at the beginning mm-hmm. of the episode and the next thing we know uh we're you know the the, the empire is cracking open this container and some refugees appear and they are lasat uh you know, as you know for those of you who know it's the same uh, uh race that uh, zeb is uh and we we thought he was the last one of his kind mm-hmm. but apparently not and so we're introduced to uh gron and chava Gron, I guess, served under Zeb in the Lasat Honor Guard, uh, but now he's uh, a pacifist of sorts. And uh, Chava, or Chava the Wise, is an elder mystic. And uh, apparently they actually both knew Zeb. Well, yeah, because was... he was a captain. I mean, even you, you even had, um, it was, sorry, uh, you had Gron come up and call him Captain Zeb, and everybody's yeah. looking at him like, you know, what? Because the nice thing about this episode, we finally got some more backstory on Zeb. I think they could probably expand it a little yeah. bit further, but at least there's something there. You know, we're still missing a, I think, a bigger backstory for Hera. There there's, sure. has to be more explored on that. But it's nice to see that they're at least going at these characters saying, okay, we got a better Sabine background. We've got more of Zeb. You know, we naturally are going to get Ezra. Like to see some more of Kanan, what happened to Kanan, although that's in the comics. Yep, exactly. um, but, you know, this was a good episode for Zeb. Yeah. As far as episodes that have been character studies, I thought this was actually one of the better ones we've had in Agreed. a long time. Yeah, oh, def- definitely. Like, 
yeah. from a from a character study standpoint. I think I have some complaints about the episode uh, about oh. the execution. Um, Don't get me started. But <laughs> and it's weird too. Like maybe it's the way I went into this episode. But when I first saw the preview, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'm excited to learn about Zeb. But I didn't really have very high expectations to begin with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I didn't go into this episode thinking, oh, I can't wait to see it. You know, like, oh, Leia's in this episode. Or, oh, it's going to be Ahsoka and Darth Vader or whatever. I was just, um, I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's, I'll watch it when it comes on. You know, uh, just like I always watch them and I'm excited to see what happens. But, you know, not uh, mm-hmm. not not a ton of excitement, uh, even before it started. When Hondo showed up, though, like, my impressions of the episode changed dramatically. I was like, oh, Hondo's here. And I was, I, 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 was, I was much more excited at that point. Maybe and, that and was I because have... it was like 12.30 in the morning when I was watching this the first time. But <laughs> <laughs> And I have to agree with you on that aspect. I think right now, from what I'm seeing with these episodes, they're almost a filler episode for something be- something more to come. They're filling in a backstory here for Sabine. They're filling in a backstory for Zeb. And for me, this was like last week's episode. It just came and went. So it was solid story. There were issues, but it came and went. And you're like, there really wasn't anything to put you on the edge of your seat like we see coming in the in the second half preview that was given to us. So mm-hmm. that might be, I'm not going to say a hindrance to this episode or last week's, but it's it's a lot of something, but there's something coming if you can understand that. Kind of. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's hard to. I I, I didn't want to make it. It it's all it's all show but no fluff or something like that. It's like there's something there, but it's like it's trying to go somewhere to keep you interested to get you to that next point that's going to really grab onto you and say this was a great episode because you know you are going to see from the preview Ahsoka finally deal with Darth Vader and right. everything else that's coming I mean, down the line. I think I think they kind of have to. I think it would be difficult to do a lot of character development, especially for the side characters in episodes mm-hmm. that are, you know, like with Darth Vader and Ahsoka and everything, just because the stakes are so high with those episodes, right. those characters, that it would feel wrong probably to deviate and talk about Zeb or, or Hera or whatnot, unless, you know, there's a way to work it in, but you can't work everybody's backstory into that. No, absolutely. Um, and so I, I get why they they have to have these episodes that are are focused on them, but I, I do agree that at times it does feel like, oh, but there's so much awesome stuff going on. Why are we taking a break mm-hmm. to learn about this? Even even as right. like, I do care about the characters. Well, mm-hmm. and and that's a that's another thing about the show because I was thinking when it comes to the Clone Wars, there was so much in there going on because you have all the clones that you can have a story like this because it wasn't you did have your main core group, but you had all the ancillary characters around it. Within this show, it's really focusing on this core group, and that's why I think it's it's like. That's where you notice that, the fact that it deviates a bit more than Clone yes. Wars, which was always jumping around. Yes, yes, that's certainly true. Yeah, and it's it's nothing against the show. It's still a very enjoyable show to watch, and it does keep your attention. But there was this big war going on with the Clone Wars, that had a lot of stuff. And you don't feel this way watching the Clone Wars as you do with Rebels. Right, right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So I guess wrapping up Hondo, um, since, uh, I mean, the rest of the episode, he, he's in it, you know, and he's he's kind of leading the Empire to the Rebels and then helping the Rebels back and forth, as we talked about. But he doesn't really play as big of a role in the second half of the episode, so we'll just wrap him up here first. Um I uh, I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, once you read the episode guy, we actually find out that uh, the planet that they're on is the same one we saw, uh, I think it's called Nixus Hub Tweet 1, is the same one we saw in Brothers of the Broken Horn, so I'm not mm-hmm. too surprised that, mm. uh, I'm sorry, Nix, Nixus Hub Tweet 1 is located on the same planet we saw in Brothers of the Broken Horn, uh, so it's not too surprising that, that Hondo is involved in this. I think the planet name might be Rin, although that could be the planet that had the energy crisis. Uh, anyway, my, my memory isn't... Uh, is, is failing me in this case. Um, and of course, we've got plenty of great Hondo lines where 
Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorites was, uh, aside from the, oh, you know, you make me so proud one that Honda says was, uh, at one point, I think it was Ezra thanks Hondo for, uh, oh, he Hondo shuts the doors in that hallway, the blast doors. Uh, That's right. Uh, protecting the rebels from the, the, uh, the Imperials who were, who were attacking. And, and Ezra says, thanks, Hondo, we owe you one. And Kanan just looks at him and goes, no, we don't owe him one. I was... <laughs> like, he let the them back and, us. The back and forth with Hondo, I thought, was just perfect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. did such a great job with just the the banter of the character. And the I almost want to say the fun of it. Because mm-hmm. he just is that crazy. Uh-huh. Exactly. Or, like, you know, it's like the time, you know, he'll let me stand, stand on the bridge of the Star Destroyer and just gives the Stormtrooper next to him kind of a hug. You know, it's, it's, uh, Hondo's so great. So great. And and it was definitely the highlight of the episode, I think. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, I want to ask you guys, what did you think of the search for Lyrasat? You know, the, the original homeworld of the Lasat. What what are your thoughts? Nope. No? Uh, (laughs) I, so I was okay with it up until (laughs) the moment, like, hey, let's take this random weapon and this random staff. And oh, look at that. They magically have the thing we're looking for. Yeah. And that it, was the one I was like, I don't think. Like, you don't store things like that in weapons. Like, well, that just, no, no, no. It, he was a well, special honor guard. And it was sure. a special weapon, if I understand, exactly. because they told him that use it, why use it you the way it was supposed to be used. You Pardon? don't put GPS in your, your machine guns. Oh, but but technically, technically, I don't think you could consider it GPS. It was okay. Try to make the connection with the Force Awakens, to where R two D two had the main map and and BB eight had the smaller map. Maybe Zeb's weapon had part of that map because when that whole solar system uh, galaxy blew up, blew to the the point where they were trying to find the homeworld, it did remind me of the map from Force Awakens. I almost wanted mm-hmm. to see a little sign there saying Luke Skywalker is here. Um, that didn't happen. <laughs> but it's still, you know, it's one of those things in which you got to run with it. Right. Because I I have to say, I didn't expect Zeb's blaster or weapon to transform the way it did. Okay. Because it did it. No, that, that part I, was, I thought was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, but I don't think... The last time the we rifle. saw him, pardon? Yeah, the bow rifle. Yeah, the bow rifle. Because yeah. I think the last time we saw him use it in a different capacity, he didn't make it. Because didn't he fight Callus on the planet, and he did? He didn't expand it out the way he did. I guess that's the one thing I'm trying to say. He did something to it to expand it out a bit, but not literally bring, I guess, the whole weapon to bear to create what it did. Right. Right. So, yeah. so I, I thought it was interesting, you know, and, and they 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 use this moment a little bit to try to give some um, uh, some character development to uh, to Zeb, um, and, and how you know there was the original homeworld. So there's there's Lasan, which was destroyed, um, and I really want to know more about the timeline of when Lasan was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Taking a quick tangent here because we know that the Empire. It's it's not clear if they actually destroyed the planet or just uh, invaded the planet and killed all the Lasat. Either way, there's no more Lasat left in the galaxy. Um, yep. And uh, and so when when Gran and Chava say they're looking for Lirasan, the original homeworld of Lasat, uh, he doesn't believe them at all. Um, you know, there's this whole discussion about you know, oh, Lasat was the only safe system for us. It kind of felt a little bit over the top. Like why couldn't they go find a new place? Mm-hmm. Um, I think even Zeb brought that up, or somebody brought that up. It may have been a throwaway line. It was, it was I, I may have misheard. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, okay. Lirasan's inside. Yeah, the, the, you know, Lasan lives inside of us, and yada yada yada. Um. So I mean, that part was 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 interesting. Um. Yeah, I, I think the more interesting part was the fact that they actually brought up the uh, they were able to work in the original name for the Force or one side of the Force. Uh, in, into uh, into this the new canon. Now you had Bogun and Ashla, the uh, the initial names for the uh, the dark and light sides of the Force, and mm-hmm. uh, they're able to work them in so that now 
uh, Chava performs this ritual, and she says that uh, Asha, the spirit of the galaxy or the, or the force, has brought them together for this prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it is kind of interesting to see how there's they're bringing in, uh, you know, different uh, different beliefs in some ways that are uh, all the the same the same force just under a different name. Just like how the Night Sisters could use the force, mm-hmm. they weren't technically Jedi or, or or Sith. But that that's kind of following along what was now in the quote unquote Legends universe. Exactly. And yeah, and also, didn't Kanan actually because. Ezra, if I remember correct, had some kind of question about all this, and I think Kanan even sat there and corrected him as what you're saying. It's like many different cultures have a different word for the Force or something to that extent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's more of like it, it's using this to educate Ezra, like, no, that you know, the Force can be this, the Force can be this, but everything technically is the Force. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So that was that was interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen, you sound like you're gonna say something. No, uh, I didn't have anything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Um, we do get the prophecy that states that the that Lyrasan will be found by by three uh, by, by three people or, or, or three things. There's the fool, the warrior, and the child. Naturally, Zeb tries to claim to be the warrior and call it as the mm-hmm. child. Yada yada yada. Um, now, I think there's th- some that joke to... about him being the fool as well. It, it kind of felt. It wasn't particularly interesting, I guess. It, it was like, oh, okay, you know, and this is this is happening, but I didn't really feel invested in finding Lyrison at all. I, I agree. I found it a little confusing because I thought for a minute there that when Kala showed up in that Star Destroyer, technically, if I understood correctly, Chava almost called him the warrior in the whole thing. So it wasn't just... Because ori- originally I thought... You had Ezra representing the child. You had Zeb as the uh, the warrior, and you had Gron as the fool. That's why I originally thought that whole thing being put together. Uh-huh. So, but then there was a certain point when Kala showed up. I thought she said, "Well, the warrior." When he so, showed up, I think the way I understood it first is. I don't know. I was a little confused by it at first because I thought, it, like, obviously it wasn't clear. And I felt like what uh, I'm blanking on her name, the elder was saying. Chava. Chava. I think it was Chava. Thank you. Yeah. I felt like what she was saying is that uh, Zeb is all three of them. He's a fool for not believing. He's the warrior who wants to, to fight for his people. And he's the child who, you know, still believes that stuff can happen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. And. I was kind of hoping there was a little bit more there that it could be applied to the show a little bit differently, but yeah, you get you get a little bit more as well. Like I think they they talk about how Callus uh, is also the warrior mm-hmm. in some ways, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I felt like they never really explained. Like aside from Zeb being all three, like was was there another person that was the fool in this case? Or I, I don't mm-hmm. know. It, it... it was muddled. Is the best yeah. way to say it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it, it really was. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, Zeb himself doesn't believe it, so it gives, you know, Ezra an opportunity kind of to talk to him and, and, and convince him, hey, you know, you, you know, you, you really need to, you really need to help out here and, uh, and, you know, and find your people. Even if you feel like you failed, you can still, you know, help them now. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It, I, I liked most of that conversation. Until Ezra's like, you know, my parents died. Oh, and I guess your entire planet died, so that's pretty bad too, huh? Yeah. It's like, I felt a little bit forced and a little, I don't know what to call it, just not, uh, it didn't, I didn't feel like it was taking it as seriously as it should have. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the big thing we get about Zeb's backstory, though, is, um, you know, we learned that he, he defended the royal palace during the attack on Lasan and I guess they were losing when a bomb went off and he was knocked out. And when he regained consciousness, everyone had left or, or maybe retreated. It's not clear. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the emphasis comment. on the bomb, like, was it someone in the, like, did someone plant the bomb? Because uh, Zeb said they defended the, they had been successful. Yeah. Did they, like, drop bombs on them? It, it wasn't, it wasn't I don't clear. Know. 
But all I we wonder know is that if he's there's... basically left for dead. Sorry. You yeah. If I was gonna say I. I was wondering if perhaps there's there was a traitor in the house, and that will be something that comes into play uh, later. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, because because it's not clear. Like it says, they it sounds like they retreated in some ways, based on what, the way he said it. I'm not sure if they died or retreated or or what. But um, well, if they retreated, they never took him with them, and that's why he ended up being the last one. And that's probably how the Empire was able to basically wipe out the Lasat. Because they were able to find wherever they were hiding and completely wipe them out. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, so then, then we got into the other part of the episode, which, in some ways, is my favorite, and in some ways, is not. Okay, that's a good way of describing it. Yes, I, I think that's the best way <laughs> so to say it. They're on. We discover the location of Lyrasan, and the ghost is on its way. When they are pulled out of hyperspace, and I. I, this is I was like yes thank you you're getting it right mm-hmm. so they're they're going on an unknown hyperspace route um, they don't know the ship sensors go off and they have to pull out because and Harry even remarks like you know this is what happens when you do an unmarked hyperspace route because you never know what's in front of you the ghost detected a gravity well they have to come out and it's a beautiful beautiful what was it like a white hole cluster or yeah. I don't remember what she called it but it was absolutely beautiful Mm-hmm. They they did a great job. I know even some of, some of the marketing screenshots. They were uh, a lot of people were were impressed by it, uh, yeah. and and it did not disappoint. It was visually very interesting. And you see, before you saw that white cloud, I thought the way I was thinking, it was an interdictor that was pulling them out of hyperspace. Mm-hmm. That was my original thought that somehow you had that that star destroyer behind them because somehow between in hyperspace now you can follow ships. Uh, I thought maybe they were able to get him and pull him out of hyperspace. I was wondering if we were going to see the interdictor again as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought was that would have been that. really interesting. Now, did it bother anybody that in their hyperspace, the whole color thing that's happening now? Uh, I'm, I'm still not a fan of this. Ever since they, what did they do? They, I think they, they, they launched an escape pod. Mm-hmm. Um, and they fell out. Of, remember when they, they came out of hyperspace on purpose? I think it was it was um, right, Kanan and Ezra. Right, they it. took the ghost out of hyperspace. You see that to me, that this to me, just spells Star Trek because I swear in one of the Star Trek movies, when they are in their their hyperspace, or they're going into hyperspace, or they're going to light speed, that you see that to where there's some kind of color in there as they're either going in or coming out or falling out of it. You know that doesn't bother me as much because you. Uh, you imagine, first of all, we have to have some sort of visual indication that the hyperspace field is collapsing. Very true. And I, I imagine it's kind of an effect of, uh, what is it, like red, what's it called? You know, light spectrum shifting as you go oh, yeah. faster, lights change color. Yep. I'm sure there's and, some physicists out there who can't believe I just said that, but that's okay. Well, it, it's, also, it's also like the, the hotter the bulb, I think. It's also depending on how hot the light bulb is or how cool the light bulb is. It also it uh, color affects it as well. That I, yeah, if I there's something correct. there. Yeah. And so I feel like that's what we're like. That's what we're seeing with the different colors. Mm-hmm. It may be a little much. That part didn't bother me quite so much. Um, okay. The part that did bother me. <laughs> that bothered me a lot. Okay. Is, so we arrive at this the white hole cluster. And Zeb's like, we have to go through. Trust me. And then somehow, he he takes his his bow staff. Electricity shoots from that onto the ghost. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's controlling it or if it's being controlled by the staff automatically. I I'm not sure which is worse. And <laughs> because there's this electrical field around the ghost, all of a sudden gravity no longer applies. And okay, so so that that's one question I, I had for you. Yep, because uh, I totally agree. Like the fact that they he was able to somehow control the ghost made little to no sense. Uh, which okay, I can I can, okay I can, I can suspend piece. some dis- some disbelief. But like the fact that his gun is now controlling the vehicle, mm-hmm. the ship is a little odd. So if um, we take the sorry, just to cut in real fast, if sure, we take sure, the leap sure. to assume his his staff is multi-purpose, mm-hmm. I have no problem believing that oh his staff has Bluetooth and it connected to the ghost and started piloting the ship. Obviously, it was Cortana. It was Cortana that did it. <laughs> I was going to say Siri, but you guys are Microsoft, so it was Cortana. I, either way. Yeah. Either I mean, way. obviously, Hera needs to rework the ghost security, maybe like disable remote desktop or something. But 
<laughs> that part didn't bother me as much. Anyway, continue. So, okay, well, I guess I guess it, I'm glad that part didn't bother you because in the next part I could I could actually believe, sort of. Um, spending some disbelief. I mean, I, I like that sort of. <laughs> the the way I saw it was like, they they had a special path through. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that they they were deflecting the shots as much as they had a special path through this the anomaly cluster, and that um, they they and only they knew the exact path to take. And so when the the stormtrooper, oh, sorry, the, the the tie fighters were were flying after them and, and breaking apart it's because they were not following the exact same path they were on. Okay, now I uh, I, I I kind of agree, but I I kind of saw this a tad different. Okay. Okay. If you take a look at the ship with its electrical field around it, and you take a look at the the things you've seen about black holes, and if things go into a black hole, it's a gravity well that pulls things apart. Is it possible that with the electrical field around the ghost, it was protecting the ghost, that it was able to follow that path or at least go through the gravity well and not be pulled apart? Yet you had the TIE fighters that didn't have this electrical uh, force field around it that were being pulled apart, and you saw the pieces being pulled in. On top of that, Callus on the bridge of the Star Destroyer with Hondo behind him, carelessly, closely getting pulled into this thing. And you're watching parts of the star, said Star Destroyer being pulled in where Callus finally says, I think we need to leave because these guys are going to be killed anyway. He doesn't believe that the electricity that's following the ghost or around surrounding the ghost is actually going to give them safe passage through this, what'd you call it, a white hole? Yeah, like a white, I, I, I can't remember the exact word Harry uses, but it's something like that. Like there's okay, a bunch so of collapsed the stars, I think. calls it the, uh, the uh, anomaly. Um, okay. A space anomaly. Okay. So That's so basically, right. that that electrical field around them protected them from this anomaly. Surrounds us. Yes. And surrounds them. Us. Binds them. So basically, got them through that. Whereas, as you saw, the Imperials did not have the ability to get through. And somehow, the staff gave the ship the ability to get through. Yeah. That's a long explanation. Hopefully, I didn't lose anybody. That was long-winded. <laughs> okay, well, put, setting aside the, the 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 technical side of this, right? The, the possible physics that we tried to explain. From the physics, right? Okay. Because um, this is a you know a science fiction fantasy television show. Um, I, I think I, I have to say I really enjoyed. Um, I love the way it looked visually. You know, you, like like a kind of alluded to this earlier you have the tie fighters flying over them flying after them and the ties just like break apart uh, mm-hmm. midair which is like really uh really visually interesting and that the you know the, the star destroyer was firing turbo lasers at the at the ghost and, and it wasn't clear if it was bouncing off of it or which might be possible or just like uh because of the anomalies like space and gravity was like bending around them and causing the, the bolts to go off and I would say it's the latter. That's that's why I had. Yeah, I'm, I believe it's the latter. But it was really really cool looking, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and you know we get this this nice little moment where Callus realizes you know he has to retreat or, or he's doomed. Uh, I'm not sure. Do, do you do you think uh, he realized that they survived? I he's got to come to the realization that one of these days. He has to give up on they, – they've been destroyed because every time he thinks he's – something happened to them, they always come back and they're, they're the bane of his existence. <laughs> so funny. to – yeah. So to basically back away thinking they're destroyed, it, it, it's, it's naive of him to think that at this point. Yeah, I don't – I imagine their jump was fairly obvious. Yeah. Assuming he stuck around to watch, and I don't know Correct. why he would. Because have. also, also, if he did stick around to watch, he would probably have not seen the pieces falling apart. He may have seen them, quote unquote, jump to light speed and do the stretch. But if he paid attention to what was happening to his ship and the Tie Fighters, he didn't see anything break apart on the Ghost. That's true. Mm-hmm. He might have. He might have seen them jump into hyperspace or something. Right. And fly to the nebula. But right. Or, or uh, okay. Are we ready to cover that part of it too? Sure. Go sure. for then it. We'll, then we'll wrap it up. I am not okay. So, 
No, uh, I just like bottom. It? Okay, go ahead. Time for it bottoms me great. So, vehicle rant. Ship rant. So I, I, I'm even willing to accept your explanation that they're navigating this nice special path through all the white holes that is allows them to keep from being destroyed. I don't quite agree because there's so much gravity that even if there's gravity balancing on either side, it's still going to pull their ship apart. Mm-hmm. But I'll accept for the moment. That being said, there is still a massive gravitational field around them. That is the exact reason you can't jump to hyperspace in that type of location. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. But zero Zeb percent. had That's less than zero. Okay, but Zeb had that magic spear with Cortana driving. So and... that was able. That was able to, and just. Just with that one weapon, which that's another fascinating thing. With that one weapon, it was able to protect a full ship. So is there something mystical about his weapon, period? Other than having the ability to be a you know GPS system to get them to where they need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that, that's the other thing now. There's is, that... No, go ahead. So that the, that's my first problem. The other problem is later on, Harry's like, oh, now that we've been to the system, we've charted it, and we can come and go as we please. No. No, you can't. <laughs> it, I mean, if you follow that exact route and the, the, the planetary bodies I, don't move or shift. I mean, so, so there's two op- possibilities. One is the white hole cluster is only on one side of the planet, in which case, okay, yeah, anyone can go around the edge of that <laughs> right. and get to the planet. Not a problem. You could have done that to start with. I don't know. Maybe you should have. Also, their their path went through the anomaly. So how are they planning right. through the anomaly yeah. next time? And option two is you're able to somehow magically go through the anomaly every time because you've charted it. And doesn't, like, no. Just because I know where that wall is doesn't mean I can magically walk through it without looking. Correct. Like, I, can, I can avoid it without looking. I can't pass through it. It bothers me. But I but, think the other... I, uh, I think now that you bring that up, what bothers me about it with that statement... To me, it appears the only way to get to that planetary system, and that's why the Lasat are safe, is you need to have that electrical, that specific electrical field to get you through that path. Okay, there's no way you can get a regular ship like, let's say, that Star Destroyer, or let's say one of the Rebellion ships, on that same path. You, even though you're charted, there's still something that you need to do to make sure that ship does not get torn apart torn apart on that path mm-hmm. and what also bothered me and I, hopefully I'm not going to jump on this one for you Steve but what also bothered me was they you we never got to see the planet okay okay that, um, <laughs> that bothered I, me that was my biggest problem with the episode uh, thank you so everyone is unconscious they wake up and Zeb's like oh okay I'm going to go down to the planet Lirasan with Gron and Chaba Nobody else on the ghost goes with him. It's just him. They don't land the ghost on the planet. They they took like probably the Phantom, I'm guessing, or something. Anyway, yeah, yeah I think I think it was the Phantom. Phantom. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, because we see it flying back. Uh, but okay, so we have all this buildup. All the whole episode is trying to find this planet, right? And we finally get there, mm-hmm. and we see it from very far away. It's like a tiny little speck in the distance, almost. Mm-hmm. We never see it. Why? It, it felt like we it, it felt like cheap. Do you want the real answer? Well, budgetary reasons and time. Yeah, I was gonna say all the budget went into that anomaly. But yeah, like, good point. I okay, could see it. We have this character who thought his whole people were dead. His whole planet was destroyed. Now he finds that not only are two of his people alive, the entire planet is filled with Lothat. Right. And that's because that's where they originated from. That is the actual right. homeworld of the Lasat. Right. And, and and what does that yeah. do? He goes to the planet for like, I mean, they say he's been gone a long time, but maybe like an hour or two. And he's like, okay, I've been with my people long enough. Let me go back to the ghost. I'm going to take off after an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And he gets back and he almost feels, he almost seems completely unchanged. He's like, yeah, I'll lead any Lasat I find. I'll lead back to to uh to Lirasan. I was like, wait, 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 wait. Right. You just said there were no more people in the gal yeah, no more Lasat in the galaxy. You thought you were the only mm. one. You were shocked that there were there were two more Lasat. So how why would you think you'd find more people? Lirasan has a bunch more Lasat. 
go there, hang out with them. <laughs> you know. Okay. Okay, but but also think of it think yeah. of it this way. Okay. There is when you look at the Jedi Order, technically the Jedi are all but extinct, except for Nocane and, and Ezra and uh, Ahsoka. You could look at it the same way. There are other Jedi out there. So this may have switched the point of view of Zeb, that there could be others out there because he already came across two of them. He came across uh, Chava and Gron. So also take into consideration that maybe the Lasat that are still out there were off-planet when the whole planet, the original uh, planet, was destroyed. So there could be a few out there. So he could have that now, you know, thing that if I found these two, I could possibly find more. You got to give the guy hope. But yeah, just, he's crazy to leave the planet. Yeah, it just felt off, right? Like yes. If you, if you thought you were the only one left, you were the only human left in the galaxy, and your whole homeworld was destroyed. And then all of a sudden you found out that there were actually people left. And there was an entire planet full of them. And you found that planet. Would you really leave that quickly? I'd take a vacation for a good month. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I want to, like, yeah, And the fact that you didn't see it at all. Like, we literally were, were on there. We get a, a view. And then, like, we get this, um, we get this, 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 uh, tra- Token of appreciation. Right. No, we get a transition, like one of the, sw- the swipes. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Like, yeah, it, we we literally see he leaves. There's a there's a, there's a swipe, and uh, he come, And the, the next moment, like it's Ezra and uh, and Kanan waiting for him to come back. And I'm like, he's been gone a while. And oh, there he is. Like, I don't know. The whole thing felt super rushed, super cheap. I felt like the whole payoff was just ruined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It it really left a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, you know. There were, there were other aspects like the Hondo stuff I loved the the mystics I'm like eh, okay whatever you know the, the, the whole ritual stuff I'm like okay yeah. I didn't love it but I didn't hate it uh, I can deal with it but then they just yeah. kind of destroy the the payoff and it was so so sad so sad it's the second mm-hmm. episode where I feel like either we need to split this into two parts and yes. get more or we just need, like, they need to do something different. Protector of Conquer Dawn had the same problem. All build up and then uh, an ending that's kind of a letdown. But uh, I think in this case, when it comes to Rebels, the show is not, sadly, it doesn't appear it's built that way. Like Clone Wars was built that way to where you could take an episode and you could maybe stretch it out for two. This one, I think, you know, I wouldn't say I'd want this to be a two-parter, but this needed at least 10 minutes or 15 minutes more. You know, just an extra little bit in there. The Hondo stuff, I agree, was great. But the payoff at the end was just, hey, we have a planet. Hey, I can bring my people back if I find any more. And then again, I mean, I did not expect him to stay permanently on the planet, but maybe you could understand him not being there for the next episode because it could have been a throwaway. Zeb decided to stay with his people. And then Mm -hmm. the episode after that, Zeb's back. I thought that would have been an interesting twist as well. Yeah. See, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're missing that, like the entire episode builds up the significance of this, this myth and this legend. And we just, there's nothing, there's nothing to it. Yeah. Also, as a quick side note, I was a little confused. It's like, yep, they're going to go down to the planet, the two of them, some planet that probably no one lives on, and they're going to somehow live their life there. Exactly. With no tools mm-hmm. or anything. Well, I mean, Ezra says as much. He's like, oh, yeah, aren't they going to be like bored by themselves? or something? I don't know. He says something to that effect. It was kind of weird. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. I, I really wanted to, to like it. I thought it was a, a cool idea but the fact that we didn't get to see anything was just so so disappointing yeah well, hopefully you can hope in a future episode maybe they can revisit this i mean i i assume we will you really think they'll go back to his planet randomly now oh i think it'll come up at some point yeah I mean, this is something season one of Rebels did as well. We had a lot of episodes that were kind of on the periphery that mm. led into one big 
kind of into the last couple episodes, and I think we'll see the same thing here. Yeah, but that's the thing when it comes to Rebels. Is it? Have we seen anything like that so far with the episode with, with the show? I felt like we saw it in season one. Like we had okay. uh, the one that stands out to me is the Tie Fighter that. Oh yes, 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 yes. That's true. Yeah, like the painted one. That's that right. Seemed kind of out there, and later on, that Tie Fighter ends up playing a role later on. Yep. Very true. Forgot about and that. I feel like there's there's gonna be something later on. And actually, here here's my tinfoil hat theory. We're going to get a series of episodes around the Empire chasing down the Rebels, and the Rebels are going to have to use all of these various systems they've developed hiding spaces uh, in. Mm. I mean, okay, I didn't think about it that way. I, I have been thinking about the, with the characters. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, my hope is that everyone will come together at, at some point. I didn't think about using... Uh, oh, I don't, yeah, I don't have the characters. Well, the like, characters would hopefully well, show like up somewhere. Well, you're going to have... Um, you're gonna have Fen Rao. You're gonna have um, you know, Rex. You're gonna have uh, all of these. Hopefully, Gregor back. Yeah, Gregor. All these characters are gonna come together. Everyone they've they've helped. Everyone they've rescued. I think, and it's gonna to start to form the ba- the bigger basis of this rebellion. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see, William. It's gonna. It's gonna. I don't know which episode it's gonna be. It's Kanan's birthday, and Ezra wants to throw him a surprise party, <laughs> <laughs> and no, so he's no, gonna invite no. everyone. No. That we've seen, and they'll sing "Happy oh. Birthday" to Kanan, no. and then Darth Vader oh. pops out of the cake and they fight. God, can we just get to the ratings, please? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't want to go first on this one. Uh, before actually we do the ratings, let's let's talk about okay. one more thing. Uh, okay. I, I mean, I can mention it in the in the recap. I, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Uh, so during the scene where they're at the the anomaly. There was a very interesting choice for music. Did, did you guys notice the music at all? Yep. Um, it was one of the few times I think I've ever noticed music in an episode. Yeah, I tell you honestly, it was, I, I, I will be honest, I did not. You didn't? Really? No. So it's, it stuck out to me. Uh, it was extremely obvious. I, um, I will have to go back and watch this, just that section you're going to talk about. The music was very, very unique. Um, I guess it's based on the... Uh, the work of composer Philip Glass, mm-hmm. um, but uh, kind of haunting, mysterious, minimalistic, uh, a lot like the anomaly in, in many ways. But uh, it, it, I don't know. I really liked it, and, and it's uh, you can actually listen to it in the episode guide uh, and, and play it from there. But on the one hand, I I like the music itself. On the other hand, it kind of it almost felt out of place and not really Star Warsy. Hmm. What, 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 any, I mean, did you feel the same way, Steven? What were it did feel a little non-Star Wars-y, but I, I think I was okay with it. I am going to have to go back and, cool. and watch it, right. just that section, because I honestly, and as you know me, I do pick out things. I think this one went right over my head. Yeah, it was like, it's mostly like the violin, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was definitely unique, but I, I didn't find it bad. Okay, that's good. Interesting. I will have to go back and check that out. Yeah, it was uh, a de- definitely a, a unique music choice. It probably felt the most yes. unique, especially because we've had so much so much familiar music in Rebels as of late mm-hmm. that it was kind of nice to have a, a change of sorts. So. Yep. Okay. Ratings? Works for me. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, this is I don't want to go first. This is a hard one to rate. Yeah. Um, man. Um, I'll go first if you want. Uh, I, I'd say rock, paper, scissors, but it'd be kind yeah, of hard. No, since I'll, we're... I'll, I'll, okay. Let's, unless, Steven, you want to go first. But, uh, yeah. I'll, I haven't gone first in a while, so I'll, I'll take the Yeah, take okay. The we can do that. Uh, okay, I'll go. give you guys a pass. So, okay. um, yeah, I mean... There was a lot I liked about this episode. Hondo, like, always makes the episode an eight or nine, right? He he's fantastic. I love Hondo. Uh, the the search for Lyrasan was interesting to me. I liked the the Zeb backstory. What I didn't like really was the uh, the execution of you know finding Lyrasan, and and that like 
honestly dragged my impressions of the episode down so much. The fact that we didn't mm-hmm. get to see it at all, and the fact that it felt so cheap. Um, so, I think I think I'm gonna give it. It's. I almost feel like I have to rate it in pieces, but since I'm gonna rate it as a whole, I'm gonna give it uh, six out of ten. Um, it's higher because of Hondo and some of the beautiful scenes we got. Uh, lower because of uh, everything else. Yeah. I mean, the Zed backstory was also good, but pretty much everything else, yeah. So I'm gonna give it a six. I, I think that's fair. Uh, and my Womp Rats, um, you know what? What the heck? My Womp Rats are. Uh, they're actually sitting on the ghost. Uh, they're sitting in the, in the ghost, in the, in the back of the ship, with their violins just playing the, the music, Journey into the Star Cluster. Uh, they're, so they're the ones playing the music, and that's why it, it didn't make much sense, as, as nice as it was. Apparently, Womp Rats are, are very good at, at, at playing the violin. They're very musical, I guess. Indeed. Okay. Steven? Works for me. Yeah, Steven, Okay. I. So I think you oh. kind of hit it. Episode starts out awesome, then it gets kind of and ends with a huh. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if it's a disappointing enough huh. So was that again? Can you can you repeat that? So starts off yay, then it goes to uh, then huh. Was that was that about right? I love it. I love it. I'm getting ready for my Lego. Uh, you might be Lego able to add a whoa. Like partly, yeah. partly in yeah, the Yeah, Or, or wait a minute, wait a minute. You, you also forgot the. Huh? <laughs> yeah. See, I, I don't. I need to get the. I need to work on it. It's okay. Okay. So, can you string it all together? But, so, uh. <laughs> no, no, I can't. <laughs> now I'm not, don't, don't, can't. Attempt <laughs> don't attempt it. Don't attempt it. Ruby Rue. <laughs> anyway, oh, go ahead. Um, Honda was a great addition. The search for uh, Lyrasan, not a big fan. The Zeb stuff I really liked, though. The character development I thought was some of the best we've gotten in a long time. Uh, beautiful visual on the Nebula. Then a lot of things that I was confused by and I was not a big fan of, like the jumping into hyperspace from a black hole. Not going to get into that. And then it just kind of ends on a, a, an empty note for me. So I think I'm also going to give it a six. And... Uh, oh, I was a quick side note before I decided to discuss my Womp Rats. Um, I was really impressed that we got to see two TIE Fighters completely disintegrate. Yeah. On, uh, I, I liked it. They're like, oh, no, see, the pilots are still alive because only the wings disintegrated. But we all know what happened. Yeah, they got pulled apart. Um, that being said, I think I'm just going to throw all six of my Womp Rats into the singularity because why not? Oh, God, you took away they, what I was going to do. They were going to try and jump to hyperspace. <laughs> But physics said, hey, you're in a gravity well, you're not jumping to hyperspace, and then they die. End of story. We're all very sad for them. They got pulled apart. Indeed. In the many easy pieces. Oh, this is so hard to go last. Oh, uh, wow. Um, <sighs> Hondo, what can you say? Jim Cummings makes that character. Oh, yeah. Just outstanding whenever that character shows up i am very happy that he is in rebels great character glad he survived brought in zeb i do agree zeb has probably been given the best of the um character developments we've had so far um i think this is something i would like to see other than than a couple of the wonkiness parts of it i'd like to see this kind of character development in Hera pretty soon. Uh, but right now, we've got Zeb, which is great. Um, the, the the whole trying to find the planet was great. They get to the singularity, which is great. I like the effects of the Star Destroyer practically being pulled apart. But it does feel at the end, you're like, you find this planet, hey, beautiful, there's a whole bunch of Lasat there, and it's over. You don't see the results other than Zeb coming back with a big smile on his face and a new purpose, which that's kind of cool. He's got a he's got a different purpose on top of having the helping the rebels. He's got this other purpose to drive him forward. Great development on that. The downer part was we saw nothing of the planet. We know it exists, but 
We just don't know what's there. So, yep. summarizing all that, uh, you know what? I got to do this. I'm giving it a 5.5. Okay. I think that's I think that's fair. This is actually pretty impressive that Steven and I are reading uh, it the same. Because typically, I'm on the high end, Steven's on the low end, and Tom's in the middle. I, it's, I was impressed you went that low. <laughs> well... <laughs> You're well, like, to, you start off with like, well, Hondo obviously gets it an eight or a nine. I was like, you're going to give it an eight? <laughs> really? <laughs> well, really, I, William? Yeah. Well, I, this was, you know, I have to say one thing about this. When we've had very tough episodes, I think the three of us can agree. When we've had very tough episodes to review, they're very hard to get through. I think this was one of those that was a very tough episode to review but somehow it was easy for us to get through on this one. I don't know why, yeah. but I find it amazing we were able to do this the way we were. And that's probably why I'm giving this a 5.5, because it was an easy enough episode. It was hard to review, but we got through it because it had better moments than ones that we had very difficult times to go through. I think what really summarized the, huh, about this episode was the absolute end. I think that was the downer of the episode. Yeah, unfortunately. Because it was... Yeah. It was an enjoyable app. Uh, sorry, app. Um, it was an enjoyable episode. Um, I, I, ha I have to say that. I, I completely agree. Yeah. There were many things about this that were a lot of fun to watch. It was, again, haven't said this in a long time, there was the great animation, there was the, there was the great care and detail especially that nebula great care and detail to it and and the ships falling apart very great care and detail getting into it that was great nothing against that it's just that as we've done this for so many years we're looking at this going huh when you get to the end yeah so i, I i'm gonna take my 5.5 womp rats i'm gonna have them sitting on that star destroyer and they're just gonna look at that big old nebula and just go huh like, I don't know what else to do like with a, them. Are the Wombrand Scooby-Doo? I guess. I don't oh. know. I don't know. Very shaggy. Um, but I, I, I honestly, uh. the way this episode ended, I don't know what to do with them. I mean, Steven, you took the best one where you just throw them into the nebula. But I, I can't copy it. So they're just going to sit on the Star Destroyer, look into the nebula, and as the Star Destroyer goes away, they're going to turn around and just go, huh? Yeah. So that's it. So, okay. All well, right, Tom, you want to tell us what's coming up on the next yep. episode of Ion Cannon? We have coming up on the uh, coming up on Rebels. It's going to be season two, episode thirteen. It's it is called <laughs> surprisingly enough, the call. <laughs> the episode is going to be revolving around while on a mission to obtain fuel for the Rebel fleet. The crew works to protect space creatures called Hergles from the mining operation that threatens the creatures' lives. Now, is this something, do we do we see the crew of the Ghost kind of space diving in this episode? And we see that in the previews? Yeah, or, yeah, we do. It's... That's going to be interesting to see. Because how, cause my thing is, when I see that happening, um, shouldn't they have environmental suits? But then again, depending on how the Star Wars universe works, do you need environmental suits where these creatures live? So this will be interesting. I don't know the details. It's what I look at. <laughs> yes, yes. It will be very interesting. Yeah. So that's next week on Rebels. Thanks okay. for listening as always. And uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. You actually get this episode early thanks to yep. uh, you know, the, uh, there's some big event happening on Sunday, I think. And... Uh, as yeah, some of us are out of town and whatnot, so we're like, yeah, let's just record early. So I'll be watching. My team's not in it, but I'll be watching anyway. You'll be getting this episode much earlier than you're uh, than you're used to. It'd be great. Yep. Uh, Very nice. And stay Have tuned. Fun. Yeah, stay tuned for the call. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spinoff films, and more. If you like what you hear. Please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. 
Visit our website, ioncanoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in contact with us by emailing contact at ioncanoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, the Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production of fans, by fans, and is copyright 2015.